Uh, we're always grateful for the time of David Williams, who is Newsroom's Thiwaipunamu South Island correspondent based in Christchurch. Just quickly, because we're going to be laying into the politics after 11, did the special votes do anything in particular? Uh, they certainly got one Cantabrian MP a place in Parliament that perhaps she wasn't expecting. Kia ora, good morning. Yes, Kahurangi Carter of the Green Party, who stood in Christchurch Central, is now in Parliament. And that takes to 12 or 13, depending on how you slice it, the number of greater Ototahi MPs. So if you take in the Christchurch electorates and Waimak and Selwyn and Te Tai Tonga, then Taku de Ferris, um, I think he lives in the North Island. I tried to ask him yesterday, I didn't get a response. So if it's 12, that's slightly underrepresented for greater Christchurch if Takuta is considered Christchurch, well, then it's about right. Um, so it's pretty interesting. I've um, sliced into the numbers, and um, these are raw figures, not accounting for population growth or voter turnout. So if, um, just to declare that, uh, so the swing away from Labour was almost 82,000 votes in those electorates, um, but National only picked up 42, So and only in Selwyn did Nationals gain equal Labour's drop. So what that meant was a big swing to the minor parties. And so if you look at the share of the two big parties in 2020, they were all, other than Te Tai Tonga, uh, over 70 in, in 2020 there. And this time, uh, they were all under. In fact, in two places, uh, Banks Peninsula and Christchurch Central, it was under 60. So you can see a big rise in the, the minor parties there. Uh, New Zealand First gained a lot, obviously. they People swung away to act last time and now they're back. Uh, and the Greens uh, had a, a big gain of, of almost 17,000 party votes. And in the electorates, it was interesting. They, I mean, their campaign was primarily about party vote, but they did really well, um, particularly in Banks Peninsula, Lan Farm, um, so that split the vote there. And what it raises for me is the idea that in two or three elections, the way that the Greens have won electorates in Wellington, um, you couldn't rule out the same kind of thing happening here in Christchurch. Uh, she has a, quite a high profile on farm, doesn't she? She was a, she was, she um, a regional councillor, was she not? Or was she a city councillor? Right. Yeah. No, it was a regional councillor. Right. And uh, in her first term, I think she was one of the highest polling regional councillors mm. in the country. So some profile um, there. And, and yeah. uh, you've got to say, for top, what did they come in with party vote in the end? Was it above 3%? Just, I've just, gosh, I haven't got my numbers in front of me. So No, neither have I. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, um, they'll, they'll be frustrated at not making the threshold. And, they'll, and, and obviously, I'm a mixed electorate, but a challenging electorate to try and win. But again, showing, all of these smaller parties are showing, that MMP doesn't have to be reduced to the two-party race it was for so long. Uh, it's really been the story of this election is the strength of so many of the minor parties. Uh, all right, let's crack on. We've got plenty to get through. Um, obviously, been a lot of coverage on RNZ and elsewhere of the coroner's inquiry into the mosque terror attack. Uh, and this, obviously, I think it's the biggest coronial inquiry in New Zealand's history. This is another official way. Um, of looking at what happened and also the coroner's very um, serious duty uh, when it comes to um, the passing of people. I'm sure um, it is a painful but again a very important process for the city and particularly for the communities most affected. Absolutely, and while this is another process, uh, you could look back on the Royal Commission, for example, and the uh, the court process, uh, neither of those two things were in 
public in particular. I mean, the court process wasn't public, but it was only a sentencing because the terrorists pleaded guilty. The Royal Commission's hearings were held behind closed doors, and much of its information uh, has decades-long suppressions. And so this is the first time we're learning about those minutes after the attacks and the emergency response. And it's pretty interesting to hear what went on, particularly about the idea that a parliamentary staffer called in 111 and uh, said that Linwood was one of the potential targets, yet that particular piece of information wasn't upgraded uh, and the, a police dispatcher only learnt about that four days later. And just the chaos on the ground, as you'd expect in such a situation, um, an armed offenders squad member was in there assessing the injured and administering first aid but had to go. They were called away to Linwood. And that left the, the dead and dying the injured, alone for 10 minutes. I mean, that must be heartbreaking to hear for the families involved. Um, A police commander was watching a a delayed live stream, thought it was live, and called for people to go into El Norb, thinking that it was happening again. Um, the, The idea that the ambulance staffer who first went in had to ignore their own directions, their own procedures to go in, but had an, uh, an armed escort in there. Um, and uh, so there's a lot to digest. It's terribly painful, um, but also so important, and so important that it's done in the public. Indeed. Uh, and um, we've heard, as we said in reports, a lot of the issues raised and, and, and the concerns and the reactions, and we've just seen such powerful, powerful testimony given again uh, from people who were at the mosque that day, those most affected, but also from those first responders. Absolutely. They were doing the best they could in a, a terribly difficult situation. And it's important to remember that these inquests, particularly coronial inquests, aren't about apportioning liability or finding negligence, but they're about accountability and making sure that they can. the coroner comes up with recommendations to try and ensure that this kind of thing, the similar you know, deaths don't happen again. There's a second phase to come. Could you explain? So that is about, uh, well, there are a few things, but social media plays an interesting part of that. Um, Certain parties, interested parties, pushed for that to be part of the coronial inquiry. And so this is about the role that social media took in the terrorists' radicalisation. And if so, you know, what monitoring is done by these big tech giants of extremist content? Um, then and now. And so you might, uh, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see what evidence there is. Uh, Obviously, some of it might have been deleted by the terrorist before uh, he performed his deadly act. Um, But if there is some evidence and we get into some sort of discussion about monitoring of extremist content, that could be very important, not just for New Zealand, but elsewhere. Now, what is happening at Littleton Port Company? Can you update us, please? Sure. Um, So, Earlier this year, it was quite interesting, the, um, there was a, a consultancy report from a, a firm called Prepero, uh, and I, I got the numbers out of the council eventually after complaining to the ombudsman that the report was $36,500 plus GST. And so they, they produced not a written report, but a verbal update to the board of the holdings company for the city council called CCHL to say what was going on with the governance of the port. The port... Uh, one of many assets owned by the council, this one owned 100% through CCHL, and there were concerns that the board wasn't operating to the best of its ability. So Prepero were brought in, they gave an update, and there's very little transparency about what was said, but we do know that a week after this verbal update, uh, the 
chair, Margaret Devlin, and one director, Don Elder, resigned from the board. And so the concern here is uh, the, the public has paid tens of thousands of dollars for uh, a report to be prepared, verbal though it is, and uh, there's very little... Uh, sign of what exactly was said. There is uh, the, the statement announcing the resignations did allude to that you know things weren't aligned as good, as well as they could, and uh, afterwards the the chair of CCHL Abbey Foot said you know the changes had enabled the port company to reset and and make significant functional gains. Well, uh, there's an argument there I think to say that uh, so much money has been paid to consultants, the the public should have a benefit of knowing exactly what they said. Yes, uh, interesting journey you've been on with that one by the sounds of it. Uh, okay, now the wastewater plant, again I'm just hearing in, in the news, still searching for a solution. Uh, remind us, we had the, sort of the two issues happening at the same time, didn't we? Uh, remind us which one this pertains to when it comes to the smell that residents have been putting up to for so long. Indeed, so you've got, this was the fire in November 2021, uh, at the wastewater plant in the city's east. So the trickling filters, as they're called, part of the wastewater process for treating wastewater before it goes out to sea. And this, it, it, it was a very putrid pool that drifted across the city for months, but if it, it drifted to my part of town, then people in the east were suffering the most. And this wasn't any ordinary smell. Um, it made people sick. It stained their homes black. It corroded metal on their cars. It was awful. And so an independent report came out and said just what a terrible job was done by the council. And that's, you know, they, they said the seriousness of the situation wasn't acknowledged. And this is concerning on a lot of reasons, for a lot of reasons. But, I mean, this is basic stuff. Um, wastewater treatment is, is one of the most important things that a, a city council can do, but also dealing with the people that pay for it, right? So the ratepayers out there, um, dealing with them in, a, in an organised and, and yeah. um, respectful manner. So how far off any solution? Oh, we don't really know, Catherine. Um, the, I mean, the, the insurance company has accepted the claim, we're told, uh, but a concept design is still being worked on, and it can't be said one way or the other when physical work will start or finish, which is a serious issue. Uh, the other stink you alluded to um, is uh, the organics processing plant, and there's still a fix waiting for that one too. David, thank you very much as always. David Williams is... Newsrooms to Waipanamu South Island correspondent. That's newsroom.co.nz.